0: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And you know it's so easy for us to get comfortable within our little circles. When we don't venture out beyond our circle, we can easily turn inward become self-focused and our world becomes very small. Pastor Sean suggests today we won't experience the abundant life that God intends for us unless we're willing to follow God beyond the circle. That's the name of the message today in this series called One Life. It's time for Real Life Radio.
2: It's inconvenient to get out of the circle. Peter had to leave. He had to go to a place that was very uncomfortable. It was awkward. Had to meet with people he wasn't used to meeting with. It's not Comfortable and convenient, typically. The reason we spend so much time in the circle is it's comfortable and convenient, right? By nature of it. It's inconvenient to get outside the circle. We just don't know what's out there. It's the unfamiliar. And what this passage wants to tell us, and if Peter could stand before us right now, he would say it quite forcefully. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is what I want you to take away with this morning. God always calls his people to join him beyond the circle. God always calls his people to join him Beyond the circle. Last week we heard from Sammy Tippett. And you're like, oh man, God called Sammy to reach people way outside the circle. I just want you to know, that's not just for Peter. It's not just for Sammy. But it's not just for them, it's for us. And understand something about the circle. That doesn't mean you have to go across the world. Okay? It might be across the world. That might be God's call for you. But it might be just across town. You know, it could be across the street. That might be beyond the circle. Sometimes it's just across the room, across the office, across the store, Might be across the gym, wherever it is, just stepping outside of our normal routine. And we get so busy. We're so crammed. Our lives are so full. We start thinking about, oh my gosh, I don't have time to get outside the circle. I'm barely juggling the things in the circle. Well, maybe we got too much stuff we're juggling. If we don't have time, to listen for God's call to step beyond the circle because God always calls his people to join him beyond the circle. Now, a couple things I just want to point out that this passage highlights for us. Number one, God is already at work beyond the circle. This is the good news. Because one of the things about the circle is kind of scary out there because I don't know, it's unfamiliar. good thing you need to know is this passage and others tell us God is already at work outside the circle. His spirit, the Holy Spirit, is working outside the circle. I want to suggest to you, when Peter came to Cornelius, he was blown away. He did not expect this type of person to have a passion for God or an interest at all. I want to suggest uh, Cornelius had a Romans 1 experience. You know what a Romans 1 experience is? Romans 1 verse 20 tells us, For since the creation of the world, his, God's, invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. God through nature, God by his spirit, by his creation, by his love, He's already working and speaking. That is fantastic news for us. You know, we talk about it in church planning. We planted this church. It started in our living room, okay? A very small group of people. And uh, there's lots of different ways to plant a church, okay? One of the the craziest ways or one of the ways that, that God sometimes calls people to do it is what we call a parachute drop. A parachute drop is kind of just what it sounds like. It's like a person who kind of drops into a city or an area, and they really don't know anybody yet. So the, the first job is just to kind of pray and find out what God's doing and meet people. And it's, a more, it's one of the more challenging types because if we had our druthers, we'd always send someone with a team of other believers to pray together, to work together, to begin to carry out the work. But when we understand this, it's funny because there's no such thing really as a parachute drop because God's already been there. God's already working. When you stop and think about that, no matter where God asks you to go, no matter what that outside the circle looks like and how scary it may be, you need to understand you're not starting out at baseline. The Holy Spirit's already been there working. There may be someone at your work that you just feel like, man, I should be praying for them. I should go talk to them. I should reach out. But, oh, it's scary. They're my boss or whatever. And I don't. what do will they say? What will they think? You know what? If God is nudging you, you need to know something. He's already at work. You're just one part of what he's doing. It doesn't all rest on you. This is good news. This is really good news. He's already working people's hearts. This is one thing when you you do what I do for a living and a big part of it is teaching people. I know something. The best part of this message or any message I share is probably not something I say. It's kind of a little humbling when you actually think about it. But it's like, I have people coming to me all the time. Oh, remember when you said this? And I'm like, I did not say that. That was not part of my message. Didn't say that at all. But what happened is something I said, something that God had me say, prompted something that he was saying in them. And all of a sudden they go down a road and they're thinking about something. Remember you said something like this? I'm like, yeah, it was not about that at all. Remember when you said I should go and talk to my mom and ask for forgiveness? I didn't talk about that at all. I was talking about beyond the circle. Well, yeah, but that's what God said to me. And that's awesome. That's what you should be listening to. It's what the Holy Spirit will do. That's the good stuff. I hope he speaks to you through something that he's prepared in my heart. But what he often does is he starts something. He nudges. And you'll you'll be sitting through a message like this. And all of a sudden you'll start thinking. You're thinking back about something I said in an earlier part. Because God's talking to you about it. Listen to that. None of this is in kind of an isolated bubble. God's already at work in the world you see people have common needs questions fears they're really not that different you know that when we talked with sammy some more uh at lunch last week and he just talked about how man in iran we think of we, what we see on the news and isn't that always the problem the news we have underexposure to other cultures news understand by its very nature people will buy bad news good news they don't care so much about bad news sells And so what we hear more of when it comes to other cultures is the bad news. There's a whole lot of people in Iran, he said, who have a high regard for people in America or a curiosity about people in America. They don't hate America. I found that all over the world. But what gets press, and it's just, that's all we know of people. It's a distorted view. People are in many ways the same. Same questions, fears, concerns. And if we get outside the circle, we'll discover that. A friend of mine, Dave, in my community group, was telling us this last week how God took him through a season where he would ask him, literally just take these walks and begin to pray. And, I mean, so much so that he didn't know where he'd leave and he doesn't know where he's going. He'd get to the street, Lord, I'm here, i got to go somewhere, where do you want me to go? Right, left, and he'd wait until the Lord, he felt, nudged him, and he'd go. And he'd end up running to someone who's mowing a lawn and just, hey, how you doing? Start talking and and end up praying for him. One day he goes and, understand Dave's a dude, but God led him into a dress shop, okay? And he's like, I don't frequent dress shops. But God led him, he's walking along and just walk in this dress shop. And the girl who was there at the counter was kind of, you could tell she'd been crying. And she kind of dried up, can I help you? And he honestly said, well, I just felt like the Lord kind of led me to come into this shop and pray for you, so I guess maybe I can help you. And it opened up this conversation, something going on in her life. He got to share with her, he got to pray with her, he got to encourage her. Do you believe God can do stuff like that? Is that only for Dave? I mean, stop and think about that. The problem is, how many times are we going to carve out the time to say, I'm going to go for a walk and not know where I'm going? And I'm going to stop and listen and ask the Lord, what does he want me to do? Read a book called The Game of Minutes by Frank Lawbuck. And uh, in it, he talks about trying to think about God, disciplining himself to think about God, ultimately, like once every minute. It starts with once every hour. Make sure, bring God to mind and think and talk to the Lord once every hour. But then he tries to break it down to once every minute so that he's living in this continual sense of God's presence. And he talked about how it so radically changed His life. So I did not experiment. I tried it. And, you know, I was like, if I could get once every, you know, half hour, I was feeling great. You know? And I'm, I'm a pastor, right? It's my job. But you know how our minds are and how they move and how they think. But during that time, what I noticed, and I was working hard to just discipline myself, think about the Lord, using alarms, all different kind of things, to think about the Lord and keep his presence in mind. Do you know what happened? People would ask something of me. And, you know, since I'm I'm, wrecking, I'm aware of God's presence, I would stop and say, well, Lord, what do you think? Whereas before, I would have just answered. I'd start, Lord, what do you think? And do you know, I ended up doing a bunch of things I never would have done. It's like they'd come and say to me, hey, Sean, can you do this? And I'm ready to go, no, I can't. I'm very busy. And But I'd stop, Lord, what do you think? He'd go, oh, yeah, you're in. Do it. Oh, oh I don't have time. You know, if you ever died on something? Someone asked you to do something, you just die. My wife's seen me die many a time. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to die. Well, I wanted to just go, (laughs) and God's like, no, I know you're alive. You you need to do this. That happened, and and what was cool is I saw very cool blessing through those things that I would never seen. And I started to realize, holy cow, I'm missing some of the best stuff. Little things, seemingly inconsequential things. Because I'm not stopping and asking the Lord, Lord, what do you think? Understanding that God's already there. He's already at work. God's already at work beyond the circle. One of the biggest things that happened when I started to intentionally say, God, what do you think? Is he kept pulling me outside of my circle of comfort. I didn't like that. I like my circle of comfort. It's comfortable. But God said, I got something else for you. It was powerful. And to the degree that I do that today, I see God do awesome things. And to to the degree that I don't, I wonder what I'm missing. What are you missing? The beauty of this whole thing is that when it comes to reaching people outside my circle, I don't have to do all the work. Have you ever had people who you just thought, you know, I don't know if they'll even care? Sometimes people outside, you're like, "I, I feel uncomfortable. I tell a story, if you've gone through our get-in class, which is today, this afternoon from 3 to 6, by the way. It's our membership class. Um, If you haven't taken it, I'd love to have you come out. I tell a story about this Bible study in L.A. that God had me do. And it was with a bunch of kind of affluent, yuppie people at an equestrian center. And if you want to hear more of the story, come on out today and I'll tell you. But what blew me away is I didn't think these people would be interested, but they were all showing up. Because God had been doing something before I ever got there. He had created this questions, as hunger, and I got to be a part of that. Who is it that you're maybe avoiding that you think, oh, they won't be interested? Oh, I don't know. I can't. I couldn't. And God's already been there. He's already working. God always calls his people to join in beyond the circle. Second thing, Peter learned, God has lessons for us that can only be learned beyond the circle.
1: And we want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called One Life, Make Yours Count.
2: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And back to the message, Beyond the Circle. This is Real Life Radio.
2: God has lessons for us that can only be learned beyond the circle. The thing that blows me away about this story is Peter is one of the apostles. He's one of the followers of Jesus. He's one of the founders of the church. This is after Acts chapter 2. He's filled with the Spirit. He preached this amazing sermon on Pentecost. Thousands of people saved. And he still had a whole lot to learn. And he learned as much or more than Cornelius. And the whole church actually had a mind-bending experience because of what God was doing. You need to understand something. God has things he wants to teach you and minister to you through people outside the circle that you'll never learn, you'll never be able to grow in if you stay in the circle. In chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, next, next chapter over, Peter's questioned by the believers. And they're like, this is not a, oh, tell us about your trip. You got any slides? Yeah, no, it wasn't that. This was this was, you went to a a Gentile stronghold, Caesarea. You went to Gentile home, and we hear you were praying with and with unbelievers, with Gentiles. And there's a little bit of a come to Jesus aspect of this, an accounting, give an account for what you did because that was wrong. And beginning at verse 15. Peter says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them. He's telling them what had happened. Came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptizes with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then verse 17, listen. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, who was I to think that I could oppose God? You ever had a light bulb come on, and you realize, holy cow, am I opposing God when I thought I was working for him? God has lessons for us that can only be learned beyond the circle. I've done a number of short-term missions experiences and things. That, uh, one of the first ones I did as a youth pastor, I took a group of students down into the Baja Peninsula of California. Just south of California, Mexico, uh, you know, we'll go through San Diego and head down. And, you know, we were going to a very poor place. We were working with a missionary there. And, you know, we were going to be working with a church, very poor. And we were going to help them and do some ministry and support, which is great. But I remember this thing of kind of we're coming in all these poor people. We're going to help. And I remember as we spent, because we spent like a a week with these people. Stayed at the church. Pastor had a little house there, just four cinder block walls, very little thing. Some of the other houses were just barely walls with, with towels and sheets to cover the windows. It was very mild temperature. It didn't get very cold in that part of the country. So it was, it was okay. And first your heart's breaking. Oh, these poor people. And, the, and then I started to spend time with them, watch them, talk with them a little bit. And I noticed the people from this church were extremely poor by any standard that we would have. But they were really happy and grateful. And they loved Jesus a lot. There was one family in particular that had this little vegetable stand right near the church and they'd come to work and do their deal and you know and, and none of these folks they had enough to eat and i started to sit and go oh my gosh god these people are absolutely free y- you know i had just come from la you know and there's the stress and there's the pace and there's the stuff and you know i grew up in chicago and my pace and i always have to tell myself slow down slow down, slow down cuz you know what i'm talking about right it's like i'm in a hurry when i'm why am i in a hurry i have nowhere to be but i'm just in a hurry cuz i should be in a hurry right there's something about it. And I, and I looked at these people. They're in no hurry. There's no stress. Nobody dying of heart attacks from stress among these people. They had found joy in total simplicity. And I was like, oh, my gosh. They didn't have anybody to compare to. So they didn't know they were poor. In fact, they were ministering to some others who were way worse off than them. This is a little secret, by the way. If you feel poor, stop hanging around people who have more than you. Okay. Because when you're not around people who don't, when when you're not around people who have a lot more than you, then you don't feel poor. Because you recognize I got three squares, I got a car that gets me from A to B, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Better than most people in the world. I learned from those people. I got to see a visual illustration and it was, it was a little bit shaming to me. The Lord really spoke to me. The joy of simplicity. And I was so grateful that I had stepped outside the circle and, you know, every time. We go overseas or we go to different cultures or inner city or something. We learn something like that because there's lessons we can only learn outside the circle. God always calls his people to join him beyond the circle. Last thing, and I'll wrap up with this. God wants to use you beyond the circle. Notice all the caps. I mean you and me. He wants to use us beyond the circle. This isn't just for someone else. This isn't just in theory. It wasn't just for Peter. It wasn't just for the New Testament. He wants to use every single one of his people, you and me, outside of the circle. Because he's out there working. He's inviting us to join him. Romans 10, 14, 15 says, How then can they call on one they've not believed in? How can they believe in one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Okay, this morning, I want to officially send you. I want to say God wants to say of you how beautiful your feet were because you went. You stepped beyond the circle. You became available to me outside of your routine. This is not for someone else. This is for us. God has given us unbelievable opportunities here as a church. We recognize some of those. You know, we, we look at this campus of ours, and we get comments from people, and they come in, and they go, that's so cool. You have parking enough for every church in the city. That's awesome. How cool. And that's true. We know that. You know, we weren't looking for 110 acres. We were looking for maybe 40, 50 acres. We were not looking for this. When a guy first said to me, hey, you want to look at the Verizon Amphitheater? I said, well, sure, let's swing by the Alamo Dome while we're at it. It'd be fun. We'll make a day of it. That'd be cool. Really, I, w- I was like, well, okay. He's like, he was a commercial realtor. He said, like, yeah, I'm showing it. I, th- we did not look at this. When the elders first met here and God started to stir in our hearts, we think he's doing this. We thought we were crazy. And so did everybody else. Well, here we sit with a beautiful front seat to an amphitheater right outside our front door. You can check it out on your way out. What's funny? Those of us have been going to church here the whole time. Been here the whole time. We don't even see it anymore. Oh yeah, I guess we do. We got an amphitheater. That's that's good. Question is, what was God doing if we weren't? If that wasn't our plan, well then what's God's plan? We recognize God gave us this property to be something that we could then make a gift and give back to the whole community. Right now we got sports teams, Pop Warner football, Grace uh, Greater Randolph area youth soccer, that utilize our fields. Thousands of people. On weekends when the Vikings are hosting or when Grace is hosting, thousands of people, kids, parents, who will be on those fields. Those people are all outside our circle. And God has given us the rare opportunity to have them right here. What are we going to do to reach them? See, God's given us a vision to make this a place that is a resource to the community. We think the next building project will do. We believe, and we're praying about it, but and working with architects right now on a master plan. We believe the next building project we do will be an athletic facility out there so we can maximize that opportunity. There's an unbelievable opportunity to reach people. That amphitheater, we could bulldoze it, and this property would still be an incredible deal. That's why we got this property so cheap. But we don't, think, we don't think that's necessarily the best use. We're exploring the option of re-outfitting it and then leasing it out to the city, corporate events, concerts, Again, be a resource to the community. We have a vision to be a place that isn't just about us. I'll tell you what God didn't do. He didn't give us this property so that we could just come and go, look how much property we have. Awesome. I am officially the pastor in town with the largest amphitheater, so that's cool. I enjoy, I enjoy sharing that with the other guys. That's fun. But that's not, that is not why God did that, right? He had a whole lot more in, plan, in mind than us and what we're doing. And so I want to say, he's given us as a church incredible opportunities, and we need to have a vision for it. We need to be about more than just kind of doing our thing. But those opportunities, we, we individually have opportunities every week. We have opportunities as we go to work. We have opportunities in the neighborhood. We have opportunities at the sports teams, at the gym. Wherever we go, we have opportunities. How are we doing at taking God up on those and making the most of them? This is Compassion Month, and right now, out in our courtyard, you saw probably on your way in, there are some booths. Those are our local partners. You don't have to go around the world. We, we had a bunch of people sign up for our short-term mission trips that are international, and that's awesome. I think you, it, it's a great experience. I recommend everybody do that. If you haven't ever taken a cross-cultural missions experience, you should do that, because God will open your eyes and speak to you. But you don't have to wait until you have the opportunity to do that. All these people, they are partners that we serve with, We can go We hands-on serve, we we go minister with, we support financially. We participate with them on a regular basis, and they're all right here in town. And with every one of them, you will have the opportunity to connect with people who are way outside your circle. That's why we did this. I want you to get to meet them. I want you to make plans. We've got next Saturday a powerful day plan to really connect and really work with all those ministries. Kind of a Thanksgiving edition of what we call Good Works Weekends, where we focus on that. So I just want to challenge you. Let's take advantage of it. Let's make the most of it. I've asked the musicians to be ready. Musicians, would you guys come and prepare? I want to pray for us because I want us to make the most of it. And then after they've sung, Willie's going to come and close us and head out. And don't just leave. Take a look at some of those. Meet some of those people. Find out what opportunities we have right here to kind of get outside the circle on top of all the personal ones God gives us every day of the week. And my challenge for us is that we would be ready to answer and respond to God's call. Lord, thank you that you have given us so many opportunities. I thank you that you're already there outside the circle. You're already working. I pray that you would move in our hearts. I pray that we would be available. We want to be your hands and feet, Jesus. And I pray that you would give us your spirit. We love you. Move in our hearts. Every one of us, show us even faces and names right now of people that are outside our circle but who you put on our heart. Lord, I ask that you would give us the courage to look outside the circle, to pray outside the circle, and ultimately, Lord, to go outside the circle.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio as next week we'll continue in this series called One Life, Make Yours Count, which is available right now on demand when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9:30 and 11:15. If you'd like to call the church the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.